welcome to the Keep Running podcast with me, Rachel Stringer. And me, Amana Rai. If you're listening to us now, then you're probably a runner, thinking about becoming a runner, or you just want to hear some inspiring stories. Each week on our podcast, we will be sharing our own running experiences and chatting to some amazing and inspiring running people. And hopefully this all gives you an extra little bounce in your step for your next run. Today's guest is a familiar voice in the running podcast world. He has his own running podcast called A Runner's Life. He is a six-star world marathon major finisher who has taken his time down from four hours 55 minutes to three hours flat. He's a father and a self-proclaimed jogger. Our guest today is, of course, the Marathon Marcus. Welcome, Marcus, to the Keep Running podcast. Thank you, and uh, what an, an intro. So uh, that's pretty impressive. I thought you talk about someone else there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, very much you. But my first question has to be why I said jogger with a little bit of a, a difference in my tone. It's because not many people call themselves joggers these days. I remember back in the day when I was a runner, running at club level and at different tracks around the country, and no one wants to be called a jogger. It was a runner, and that is that. Why on Instagram do you say a jogger um i mean there's no doubt that the word jogger has like a, a lot of negative connotations to it and i'm aware it does trigger a lot of people um that potentially may not be confident themselves but for me like if you run you're a runner there's no label and to be honest one of the reasons why i use it is probably a bit of like reverse psychology in myself because i think running you, you can't always have the, the same level of motivation all the time so sometimes you've got to find things to sort of really reignite that sort of fire in you so like you look at someone like say like michael jordan or Reggie Miller, they used to always like find things to try and wind up their opponents to sort of give them the fire to kind of move forward. And sometimes like, you just kind of use these kind of things to motivate you. And I've had experiences before where people have said, oh, you're not a proper runner, you know, because uh, of the stuff you do in social media, you know, train more and that kind of stuff. So I've always kind of used that kind of uh, negativity as a, as a way to push me forward. And honestly, I, I'm not bothered about the, the label jogger, runner, walker. I mean, we've all done it. So... <laughs> Uh, it doesn't bother me. You're going to go and absolutely annihilate that term when you get your sub three in a marathon of your choice, hopefully in the not too distant future. Anyway, we'll get onto that in a bit. So what do you both think about the term runner and jogger? People, I think, would say, oh, I think you like to jog, don't you? And I'm like, no, I like to go running. Because for me, my background is more, I would always say I'm a runner. I used to run, you know, track back in the day at school and then uh, university. I used to run for GB Juniors. I used to run 800 metres. I wasn't jogging any 800 metres. I was running as fast as I blooming could. So I'm very much for a runner background. Now, okay, I'm not going to lie. I might go out for a jog when I'm really tired, but I still would say I'm going out for a run. might be slow, but it's a run. Amana? I would always just say I'm a runner. I've never even thought about calling myself a jogger. Maybe that's a bad thing. But I guess I take my running relatively seriously. I have fun with it, but I do. It is a big part of my life and I do take it seriously. So I always just consider myself as a runner because I am working quite hard for my level. Yeah. But I think I'm going to add this as well, uh, Marcus. Park run. 
is one of yep. those runs for every single level. People walk, yep. jog, run, whatever. They're still going out to do a run. And I think yep. that's the most encompassing race in the world right now. And we don't go, we're going to do it, go and do a 5K park jog. Yeah. So for me, yeah. uh, that's, people love to be a runner. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think regardless of your speed, you're a runner. And like I said, it's what I say yeah. is like a tongue in cheek type thing for the way I see it. I mean, I don't take it seriously. I use it as like a motivation to push myself forward. Like, okay, well, if you say I'm a jogger, then I'm going to, you know, prove you wrong. I mean, I've had that, you know, from the start of my running uh, career, which we'll get into. So for me, I kind of use it as motivation rather than a kind of a negative thing. Yeah, nice. I like that. So each week, Marcus, we start by asking our guests five quick fire questions. So our first question for you is, why do you run? I run because I want to see what my best looks like. Okay, nice. Solid answer. Greatest running achievement to date. Have to add that in. Uh, there's a few, but if I was pushed, I would probably say getting my six star in Boston 2018. Um, anyone who didn't sort of see the weather at the time, it was just headwinds, torrential rain. It's kind of one of those days that you look out and you think, nah, I was going to go on a treadmill today. Uh, but it was I was there to get my six star and I was running halfway and I got like a knee injury at the time. And it was just, yeah, it's just like one foot in front of the other kind of tunnel vision. And I got to the end and got a PB at the time, which I've gone quicker than subsequently but yeah for me that was uh, an amazing feeling because it went from kind of about thriving to surviving i know sorry that you wanted a quick fire answer and i gave a long answer no no we love it um who inspires you <laughs> oh my gosh um it's quite a few people um i've been fortunate enough to speak to quite a few people on my podcast um and it's not always the fastest people um i feel that like everyone's got a story um, and I've learned something from everyone I speak to. So I, I can't, I couldn't really sort of say one particular person, just a lot of people that I, I get to meet. Yeah, we find that answer pretty the most common, actually. And especially yeah. with social media, we get to yeah. see, we get an insight, don't we, into so many people's lives and their training. And I find that for me, for sure. Anyway, next question. Um, best piece of advice you've been given in your running career? Uh, it's probably for my coach. Um, it's about staying patient. Uh, and that's obviously been uh, tested during uh, lockdown. It's, you know, maintaining a good attitude, not when times are great, but also when times are challenging now um, and just sort of keeping keeping consistent and just keep going. And a quote which never fails to brighten your day. I'm not quite sure this brightens my day, but it's more of a practical quote. <laughs> it's something I think of um, from the Navy SEALs. Um, and they basically say, as a, a line they say, um, under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion, but you sink to the level of your training. And that always sort of reminds me of, you know, when I'm feeling not really 100%, you know, it's, you know, you, it's your training that counts. So it kind of gets me into gear, more of a practical thing rather than a kind of peppy one. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Marcus, so you just said there your coach has kind of trying to instill into the mindset of saying patient. And it's kind of, I guess, like, like you said, no more apparent than it is right now, but you've been doing PBs left, right and centre in your training. So you haven't really had to be patient. You've got a 5K PB, 17.37, and a 10K PB of 37.05 during lockdown. Is that what your coach put in place for you to have something to keep you motivated, to have something to keep you going and to allow you just to keep your running ticking over? 
Yeah, it's a kind of funny one because I think during the summer months you would typically work on your speed anyways. But just because of the way things have happened, um, he's got all of us in the, in, in the club just um, doing time trials, which we didn't really do before. Um, and at the beginning of you know lockdown, I wasn't you know cracking out PBs. So um, it took some time to, to get there as well. And also it's quite difficult to run quickly by yourself. Um, so, I mean, that does give you a lot of confidence as well when you could take it to races. Yeah, definitely. And I think those are super fast times, Marcus. And I would definitely call you a runner based on those times. But you said earlier that people often said that you were not a runner. Why do you think people said that about you? Oh, there's two occasions, really, um, I could think of. So when I first ran the London Marathon, I ran it in 4.55. And I remember going into work and just like people's faces and their reactions were just like so damning <laughs> to the time. Because I think everyone's got a perception that if you don't run sub four, then, you know, you didn't take it prop, you didn't take it seriously. Uh, so I had that to deal with. And then starting on social media as well. And the beginning days, I was obviously doing the photos and you get the kind of odd comments where people are saying, uh, you know, if you concentrate more on your running rather than the sort of posting, then you'll get further along. And it's kind of like just negativity from those areas. But I think it's all been good learning lessons because whatever you do in life, you're going to get criticized, whether you're going for something or you're playing safe. So um, I've just used it to fuel me uh, to go forward, really. Do you think, you know, you've proved people wrong now that you said that a bit in your introduction as well. Do you think people now take a three hour flat time as a serious runner, to, you know, regardless of if you want to post on social media. I mean, you do that for yourself anyway. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning, I was looking to prove people wrong. But, you know, that kind of has a limited shelf life. So it's gone from sort of trying to prove people wrong to prove myself right. Because I believe that I am intrinsically good enough. And, I, you know, my my best, you know, if I work to it, I can get there, whatever that looks like. So for me, it's less about kind of uh, the opinions of others and just trying to keep that, um, circle really small so like listening to the opinions of my coach and my my immediate family and things like that but I just try to keep the opinions of others uh, kind of outside unless it's going to something like it's going to help me but if it's just negative or you're not in the same arena type thing then I kind of can discount it. Do you feel like you are there yet of where you wanted to be and where you think you know you're good enough is? No Definitely not. Um, I, that's not to say I'm beating myself up and saying why you're not there, but I just feel like in life you're always moving from one mountain to the next. I mean, there's no, if you just stop, then you're kind of not living your best. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go and run fast. It could just be you might need to do something else or you might need to help someone else. So um, at this stage, I want to see how fast I can get in a marathon distance, but obviously it's kind of. Um, We've got pressing, uh, more pressing and more important issues right now with COVID and so many global issues. issues. So, um, yeah, I think we're waiting to see what's happened with, with uh, this year and next year in the race calendar and just keep training, really, just trying to keep patient. And uh, it's, not, it's not easy, but, you know, I just try and remind myself that, like, at the end of the day, all I'm trying to do is run from point A to point B as quickly as possible. And if that's my biggest problem in the day, then I literally have had a good day. <laughs> I like that. I definitely agree with that, Marcus. And I agree with a lot of what you were saying there. But I guess for me, and I think for Rach as well, you are a familiar face in the UK running scene. And a lot of people do know who you are and look to you for inspiration. But for you, where did running start? Um, it's really interesting when you sort of say people look to you as an inspiration, because I honestly don't see myself as that. I just see myself as um, 
I started my, I didn't want to talk about my running on my Facebook because I didn't want to annoy my people I knew before <laughs> in my regular life. Uh, so I started talking about it on uh, Instagram and sort of picked up from there. So yeah, my running basically started in my mid-20s. Um, I had uh, a friend who was running half marathons at the time and he was trying to get me to run with him. I was just like, there's no way. I can't even run a mile. Um, so, And he tried to get me to do different races and I always had an excuse of why I couldn't do it. Um, and then he finally got me on this uh, race in think, 2006, which was the Nike uh, North versus South 10K. Um, and I remember that was my first experience. So your training for that was really difficult. I remember I was, there's a park I, I, that's near me and I was running from lamppost to lamppost. And they're like I was 700 meters, well, like probably 10 meters, like 10 meters or whatever. So, And I remember just trying to sprint and just being like out of breath. You know what I mean? It's like, how the hell am I going to run a 10K? So... Yeah, I, that that park always sort of reminds me of my first runs. For sure. And then when did you kind of think that you could have running as something that was enjoyable? Because if you're struggling with the 10-metre the lamppost reps, you know, wh- when was it? Was it after a half marathon that you thought, actually, I can, I can enjoy running. And if I stick at this, I agree with those silly runners out there that say running is fun. That's an interesting point we say, uh, enjoyable, because <laughs> as you probably know from 800 meters, <laughs> that ain't enjoyable. <laughs> so um, running does give like a lot of benefits, but I think it's more on the difficult moments. So, um, yes, yeah, I don't want to say it's not enjoyable. I mean, it, it sort of makes you more connected to sort of time during the day where you can sort of chill and, and sort of clear your thoughts. More so if you're doing like easy runs as opposed to workouts. Um, and the workouts are pretty cool as well. You end up sort of challenging yourself, pushing yourself. Um, yeah, so we we run for sort of different uh, reasons, but yeah, I wouldn't always say it's enjoyable. <laughs> I love it actually when you say that because I'm just thinking about I went out for a run earlier, as, as I'm sure Amala did. It, it wasn't yeah. enjoyable, but you know what I love about it is yeah. I come back and I feel really smug about myself that I've gone for my run and like I'm carrying on progressing somehow you know even if today i didn't feel that great i I was really tired today for some reason i didn't feel like it was very fast i could look at my garmin and tell you exactly what i did i just did half an hour it was three and a half miles it was 750 pace um but just getting out there like you said putting one foot in front of the other you that's the biggest struggle of your day but it's made me feel better yeah it's very hard to explain isn't it why we run it's yeah, a really it hard point to get into. But then I guess what I loved about 800 meters, love and hate, was the success that came with the hard work. Yeah. That, like you, the six stars, you're one of 6,615 people have six stars to known to us. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, what you sort of say about the lessons that running teaches you, I mean, it's definitely the enjoyment. It's hard to explain to people. But for me, when I did the six stars in Boston, one of the biggest lessons that I learned for myself was that like how strong you are and sometimes in life it's so easy to kind of look externally uh if I do this and I will you know, I'll, I'll arrive here but at that point in time I was just like I've got everything I need right here and that's a really cool uh lesson that the running's taught me and Boston was quite an emotional race for you I've seen the pictures of your finish line in Boston and you are crying in it can you explain yeah. why that race was so emotional for you 
Oh, there's loads of reasons, really. Um, <laughs> We've got um, time. We've got time. <laughs> uh, ironically, because like before the race, I set the scene. Like um, I knew it was going to be really bad weather, so I sort of mentally prepared like what was going to happen. I literally wrote in a bit of paper like all the situations that could happen and how I'd get through it. Um, obviously, you can't prepare for everything, but once I got to the race day, I knew it was going to be cold and uncomfortable, and I was literally in a kind of this default mo mode, basically one foot in front of the other. And I, I remember thinking, get from the start to the finish as quickly as possible. So I wasn't really emotionally attached to it. Uh, but then, it's, then I got my medals. And then I was like, think, I was shivering. I was like, okay, I need to get a taxi and go home. And then fortunately, the uh, Abbots, uh, well, my the Majors team, uh, grabbed me over and they said, like, do you want to do a video? I was like, oh, uh, okay, fair enough. Um, and the guy asked me a question. And sometimes the question can like catch you off guard. He's like, oh, what did you achieve today? And I, I hadn't, I hadn't been feeling, it sounds weird, I hadn't been feeling anything up until that point. And it just made, took me back to starting running, thinking about, you know, being 455, having those kind of uh, people's opinions. And personally, I mean, I'd been going through some uh, periods of anxiety um, in my early life, which I'm probably not going through at the moment. So I'm this different person in that sort of aspect. Um, so I was re recalling to the, those sort of moments I was going through. and. Also, uh, as a personal sort of thing as well, like um, many people struggle uh, with kids and things like that, and uh, conceiving kind of things like that. So, and we had a child that sadly didn't make it. So I was having thinking about that, that I mean that part of my life as well. So that was quite emotional. Was doing it for, for for them as well. Yeah, running can really bring out, can't it? Like your your rawest emotions. Um, I found that when I ran my first marathon, I think crossing the finish line, it was a bit of like, even for me, that was one. But what have I just done? I never expected to do that. And for you to be a six star finisher, I seen the video. Um, it makes anyone, I think, who will watch it pretty emotional. I'm sure, you know, your family was so proud of you. Were they there watching? Did you have your two kids at the time of no. 2018? No, you must have had any. There are you two. No. They're two, yeah, so two and seven months. Yeah, so basically at the time, obviously, um, what, what, so, what, one shot obviously didn't make it. So that was kind of fresh in my mind. Uh, so uh, fortunately, my wife couldn't come over, um, but I had a, a lot of friends over and we run the six star together. So I was, I never feel alone in these sort of places. So um, obviously when I came back, it was, it was great to sort of catch up with her. But yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about the running community. I feel like I could go to any of the six races and I would know someone or I'd never, do you know what I mean? You'd never feel alone. You could go for dinner or, you know, could go for runs and things like that. So that's the amazing thing about the running community. Do you think that's something which is special to you because of the persona that you've created for yourself, the marathon markers, the brand, or do you think that is something that every runner could have if they went to a marathon? Um, to be honest, I, I haven't really sort of thought of it that deeply. I don't think I've intentionally set out to create a brand. I, I just basically, do you know, you could set up like an email as your 16 year old self and then yeah. you're carried into your adulthood. I was like, okay, well, maybe I would change my name now, but it's like, it's stuck now. So I keep it, <laughs> the Marathon Marcus. I don't refer to myself as the Marathon Marcus in third person. So uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things I started with. <laughs> but you kind of are, though. This is what Arana and I were saying beforehand. Like, I. I probably came across you, oh my goodness, like 2013, 14, maybe. I think it might have been an ASICS front runner thing. 
I can't yeah. remember. It was years ago. But I just feel like even if no one knows or follows you, they still have heard of the Marathon Marcus. Like, <laughs> does that baffle you slightly? I don't really think about it, to be honest. Uh, I really just sort of set up my running account to just to... On one hand, it was really for myself as a selfish way because as much as you see me on social media and on my podcast and talking to you, I, I would still call myself like a social introvert. I mean, in a sense, of, in the beginning, more so. And I think I've grown into confidence as time has progressed. But at the time, I was just more using it as a, as a way to kind of boost my own confidence and put myself out there. Did I like speaking in front of new people or do something scary? That was basically the start of my Instagram. And obviously, I enjoyed running. Because if you see my first few photos, um, if you want to scroll back over a thousand photos, <laughs> um, it's like literally of not of me. It's just of like the road, <laughs> uh, the sky. Do you know what I mean? I'm not in it. Or people are like, where are you? Like, wh- why are you hiding in the photos? I'm like, then I finally came out. It's like, okay, go back behind the photos. <laughs> so- <laughs> I guess your accounts developed a lot over time, even in the photos yeah. now that you produce. But off the back of your Instagram account, you also created your podcast. What was your motivation behind your your podcast uh, a couple things really um the conversations that you have with your running friends offline are, are the best conversations i just thought why can i not just put that online um, and i was thinking about doing a podcast for a while and i never got around to doing it and then lockdown happened and obviously we couldn't connect with people we couldn't see people obviously via in physical physically but obviously we could see them via like the internet via zoom or whatever and i thought well why not just try to connect to people? And for me, it was really helped. And sometimes, like I said, I'm not sure if I'm being selfish or selfless by because I'm basically asking people questions that I, I want to know the answers to myself. Um, so I'm just generally quite curious and uh, I just really enjoy sort of speaking to everyone and learning something. I feel like everyone, you know, we still all see running um, from our sort of perspective, but, you know, you see it from a one degree difference and it's still truth in the way you see it um and it's you know if for me to sort of shut up and listen you know you can learn something and i think that's just the amazing thing about the podcast it's just sort of giving the opportunity just to learn and just see running and just uh from different perspectives i mean there's people that aren't super fast runners but so mentally strong that i've spoken to and you're just like and this is incredible like you inspire me so much um so yeah, I mean that's probably the the, the the long answer um to your to your question. No, we were exactly the same actually. Rach and I went on a run just before lockdown actually, and we yeah. were having a conversation on the run and we thought surely people want to hear our conversation because we were having a great conversation and off the back of that we developed our podcast, the Keep Running podcast. Um but I've listened to some of yours, but I haven't listened to them all. But if you were to give a recommendation and recommend one podcast, one episode of your podcast, which one is a must listen to? That's an on the spot question right there. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Well, I don't think I could give one, but I'll give a couple if that's okay. Um, Okay, we'll let you off. We'll let you off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Aoife Cook, um, Irish marathon champion. Uh, We speak about three stages in her life. Uh, the junior stage when she was really successful and then the middle stage when she went to the States and had a kind of like a real awakening to what running was like and suffered injuries and came back to Ireland, had a really tough time. And now is kind of in, in like touching distance to kind of uh, qualifying for the Olympic Games. She's got an incredible story. Uh, Knox Robinson is an amazing um, 
I mean, just such an amazing character within the running community. And I, I remember approaching him and, and it, I was so, so surprised he said yes, which was amazing. Um, and he sort of speaks, he, this guy's just lived such a life. I mean, I mean, his, uh, when he was at university, Dr. Maya Angelou was his teacher, you know, and, you know, he talks about that um, in, in the podcast, which is amazing. Uh, Alison Desir, she's doing amazing things in the States uh, with her running groups and obviously talking about Black Lives Matter. Um, she's a real sort of powerful voice in that sort of field. Uh, Jonathan Barr as well. Um, I, I know Jonathan and his wife, Lauren, as well. And just to sort of hear his experiences of going through a cancer, uh, you know, it's really humbling. Um, I remember we were sort of speaking about it in New York last year when we were all out there and, it was, you know, we were almost in tears to when it was just so, like, emotional, just sort of hearing his experience. And probably the last one, I know you said one, uh, what is it, which hasn't come out yet. Um, is a guy called Lee Ryan, not Lee Ryan off blue, by the way. If <laughs> um, <laughs> you can listen, it's a guy, uh, he's a running coach, he's out in uh, the Middle East. He's such an incredible speaker and he's just so passionate about running and just got so much wisdom. And he spoke about um, him and his wife losing a child as well, and that resonated with me. Um, and there's a real moment in the interview where you know, I just definitely felt it there. Do you know something you're interviewing someone and you forget, mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to start talking again. <laughs> so you yeah. start with what they're saying. <laughs> I think listening to that, Marcus, it really, what really stands out for me is actually just how amazing the running, running community is and how many amazing people we have in our community and how fortunate yeah. we are to connect with these people and talk to these people just through the simple sport of running. I think it's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned there that you kind of wanted to do it um, as well because you had these great conversations, like we said. But it's also a way for you to learn. Is there, or a few points, or one point, or something that you could take, or you have taken away from any of your podcasts, which you already applied into your life or your running? Yeah, there's another um, lesson that I learned actually was from uh, Patty Dillon, and this episode hasn't come out yet. But basically, she is the first uh, US uh, woman to run a sub 230 marathon and you know she's lived a life um, had some really ups and downs in her life and she was telling me about this race in uh, Brazil towards the end of her career and without giving too much away you just really see how strong mentally she is and even when the the, the situation wasn't ideal um, and again it was one of those moments when you're listening to the story you're just like from start to finish and you're just like, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. And she said something to me as well along the lines of like, you know, we all find, it makes me feel like when you sort of said earlier, do you find running easy? It's like, well, not really. It's like when you're doing your tempo work and your workouts, they hurt, they, I mean, they hurt but you, you learn to embrace it. She said something along the lines of like, you know, it's about going into the well. And when you're in the well, you, you, you make a home there and you get comfortable. And then when you get it's comfortable enough then you move house figuratively obviously within the world and you go you move further down until you can you know keep, keep that pace and keep pushing and i really love that really um about how to kind of just look at um facing and uh and embracing discomfort i like that i always think of the pain cave but i like that moving house i think i'm gonna remember that in my next workouts um, but marcus i think you are um, an incredible runner and an incredible athlete you balance a full-time job a family your social media your podcast like how do you manage to balance everything along with your running uh, that's a good question really um like everyone, I wouldn't say it's easy. Um, we have a certain amount of hours in a day and you're just trying to fit everything in. I've got to admit, during lockdown, it's been a little bit easier 
to do um podcast because i'm working from home um so i mean that's been helpful but you know you, you just have to be organized and it's kind of like running or anything else it's just like if you've got a goal you just have to have the processes in place it's not like i'm naturally built to like want to get up early in the morning and do stuff i'm if I was left my own devices, I would just <laughs> stay in bed, but you can't. Do you know what I mean? So you have to have the processes in place and just be organized. And that's with I've learned from training and you just sort of take that into your life as well. Yeah, definitely. I definitely find that organization is so key. Today I wrote a list of everything that I needed to do and I'm just going through that list. I'm still ticking it off um, as we go into the evening and record this podcast. Um, but Marcus, you work full time as well. What What is your full time job? I'm a quantity surveyor. Ah, very different to running. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, spreadsheets and uh, construction. So <laughs> that's why you're so organised. Your spreadsheets. It's making sense now. Um... <laughs> digging deeper. Digging deeper. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to. I want to know more about you. Um, and that's my next question. You, you kind of mentioned there a few of your guests in your podcast. You said Jonathan Barr was one of um, one of them, and his wife you're good friends with, and you were chatting in New York. Um, I guess like what is your best story or experience of any of the running races you've done not taking into account Boston when you claimed your your six star uh, medal but is there one that kind of really stands out that you either made some great friends or something went a little bit wrong maybe or you know we've all got these great stories and have you got one that you could possibly tell us that's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I think naturally you'd think oh, it would be your the P the PB in New York, uh, which on one hand is you know is a good story uh, to a certain extent, but sometimes I feel that uh, one of my other favourite running memories, probably my top five, I wouldn't say my top one. I'd probably say my top one probably would still be the PB, but I'd say another with the top five would be uh, when I ran the half marathon de Saab in Peru, and I was running with some friends out there. And the thing for me that really was so special about that was that when you're running in an urban environment, it's so ridiculous. Like you're so used to like looking down or looking uh, at your eye line, you don't tend to look up. And when I was in the Ica Desert, I mean, you you could just look at and around, and you just sort of see like how amazing the world is. Um, and it was just such a special uh, feeling and uh, just a way to be connected to the world and to deal with people like-minded people and enjoy it was a lot of fun so for me like that is one of my sort of favorite experiences it's uh, like as a, as a community sort of sort of thing are you going to go into more of those kind of races you feel now that you've achieved the six stars and you've done pretty much all there is to do in marathon running i know you want your sub three i know you're still actually i'm gonna let's just chat about this firstly you are three hours and 19 seconds is yeah. that correct yeah. i'm three hours and 15 seconds we are literally the worst possible place in marathon times, Marcus. I can it's literally touch your shoulder. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you, you're breathing down my neck, weren't you? That was it. That was yeah. you. That was the first I could feel. Uh, it's, 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 it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you're so close, but you feel um, so far. <laughs> so. What, what were your emotions like when you got that PB? Because mine were mixed. Yeah, it's definitely mixed because it, I, I've I've got a caveat by saying I mean I did my uh, PB in New York City Marathon and out of the six I'd probably say that and Boston are 
the the toughest ones because uh, they're just so undulating. Um, so I just felt like I I did so well up to like mile twenty. I think I ran it like two fifteen. I was just like, okay, you know, I can do, I can definitely do like ten k in forty five minutes. Um, and yeah, then after that, it's just like not. I wouldn't say the wheels fell off, but it was just like it was so, you just everything caught up with me. It was just so hard to kind of you know get that final sort of kick and. You're sort of trying to make that final push. You're looking, you're watching, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it. Uh, and then you cross the line. And, I, you know, the first thing is disappointment. Do you know what I mean? Is I'm not going to lie. You just feel so disappointed. You're just like, can't believe it. I've just missed it by this this time. And, I was, I, you know, I was putting my, my effort to get into it. And you sort of think of all, you know, the time you sacrifice for family, um, all the time, you know, you've you sacrificed from like seeing friends and just doing fun things that you what you would have like you could have done because uh, you were training um and i remember speaking to my wife afterwards and i was so disappointed and i was just like i, I didn't feel embarrassed but you know because you, you feel a bit guilty because of all that time you spent training so you're just like well i've just missed it by this sort of time and my wife was really good um she kind of gave me some a really good pep talk and afterwards i mean i'm generally quite good in situations of being, being able to turn it around i mean i looked back and i said did you give everything that you could have given in that race yes i didn't think oh i'll stop and tie my shoelaces or i'll take it easy you know i thought i'm literally trying to go for sub three um and i just did the best i could on the day um and i know it's, it's in me and um I, I feel like there's better in me to win as well so uh i'm not just trying to hang my hat on sub three i feel like i can go faster than that and i have to say that new york is a hilly course so I'm pretty sure, maybe this doesn't help you, but I'm pretty sure you <laughs> definitely had it in you to go sub three hours. And yeah. you, Rach, as well, both of you. <laughs> well, I did stop for a couple of selfies, which actually, when I look back on it, I go, Rachel, it's your own fault. You were stupid. You stopped and had a couple of pictures with your family. So more fool you. But um, Marcus, also, you just said there, like in that uh, New York race, you go to PB. You know, you were really giving your giving your all. What is your mindset like going into these big marathons where you want to get a time? You know, are you listening to music? Are you someone that's in the zone in the race? Are you a podcast kind of guy? What What are you like in a race? That's a good question, actually. But just to answer your thing before about your family, I mean, like if you see your family, you can't blank them. Do you know what I mean? You've got to take a photo. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's just rude. Just, I have like, some good food. pictures. <laughs> I do have some quality pictures, so that's fine. So it was worth like, it, right? It was worth it. No. I cried over a pizza. <laughs> you can't run past it, but like, we raised you better than that, you know? So, uh, <laughs> um, interesting question. So for like New York, for example, it's a, it's a tough one, as you know um because like it's such a long start so you you know you get up really early you're on the buses at six you probably don't start running the marathon until after like 9 45 um mm -hmm. so you're you know you're waiting around for quite a while um so for me in terms of like mindset i don't really um i feel like all the work is done for the marathon so i'm pretty relaxed if anything i kind of do a lot of visualization before um but that even includes in my uh, my running, like day-to-day -day running. I remind myself what I'm doing. As I'm getting closer to the race, obviously you, you get more into the visualization of terms of like how you're going to feel when X happens or if you're feeling a strain here, what are you going to do? So you visualize all that kind of stuff. And then the day before, like I just generally chill out. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know the, the MTV show uh, Wild and Out. <laughs> No, no, I don't. What is okay. this? <laughs> it's basically hosted by Nick Cannon, um, and he's got like a it's like a comedy show, 
and they do like loads of improv and hip hop stuff and like it's just like a comedy <laughs> show i end up just watching loads of these like before the night before because i'm just like you've done all the work you don't need to be like mentally beating yourself up do you know what i mean um mm. and then so that kind of chills me out and then obviously when you get into the the race day i mean your nerves are going and i try and uh just accept them for what they are i mean you can't you can't force them out uh, i use box breathing which is quite good as well and that helps calm me down which is basically you breathe in for four seconds hold for four seconds breathe out for four seconds and hold and do that again so you sort of calm down but i'm not really one for like getting too hyped up because you need your energy at the start of the race uh, and the way that i sort of see it is that you get into the race you want to kind of keep it disciplined for the first half um and then kind of if you've got anything more to give then you give it towards the end uh but you've got to really be you've, you've really got to manage your emotions uh quite well i'd say it's be as kind of relaxed as possible but the work's done i i say so you've got nothing to be worried about and also the way i see the race is it's, it's like a celebration as well everything you've done all those hard works all the workouts you can look at in your your training log you think ah oh, remember when you got through this you know you've you've done the work so for me it's just like almost excited to get there it's a it's like christmas day up to a point Marcus. i mean <laughs> so much of what you so much of what you say resonates with me i always say two phrases one is everything you need is already inside you and the second one is that it's just your lap of honor so i yeah. definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying but listening to you there it's clear that you are a very experienced runner and a marathon runner but obviously when you started your running career you ran a marathon in four fifty five, and you now run a marathon so close to sub three yeah. what for you has changed in that time then Oh, that's quite hard to answer in like, in like a succinct sort of thing. But I would say that 4.55 marathon, one of the biggest mistakes that I made was um, I started out way too hot. I like, <laughs> I set off like I was sprinting, you know, um, <laughs> and I by mile eight, I was pretty much cooked and, you know, dodging and weaving and not having the right uh, equipment or the right shoes, not having the right fuel. Um, and also the mindset is a, a massive part of it as well. You can do the physical stuff, but you also need to do the mental side as well. But the mental side also comes from doing the work. And when you first start running, you know, you might have an expectation of what it might be, um, especially if you come into it later in life rather than a junior. Um, so, yeah, you kind of are like learning all, all only through the sort of races and things like that, and you get stronger through each experience. So um, everything that's happened now is as a result of things going not wrong, but it's been a learning experience from the previous experiences I've had. Do you think you'll always be a runner, Marcus, now that you found it and, you know, you're so great at it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's for others to say I'm great at it or not, I don't really sort of wake up and think, you're, you're great at this. <laughs> I mean, I ran out the door that way. I'm I mean, allowed I just... to tell you are. Yeah, hours, I agree with Ray. The same PB as mine. I think I'm all right. So, you know, you're great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, sorry, I, I just sort of lost track of that. To be honest. <laughs> Do you think you'll always run now that um, you are a runner? Good question. I think, yeah, running definitely changes in the season of life that you're in. At this stage, I want to go for uh, times. So, yeah, for me, like, that would be, that's my uh, main thing. But ultimately, I would like to move into different sort of uh, disciplines within running. But ultimately, I know that I'm always going to be running uh, for speed. But you just never know. I mean, I was running last week with uh, Ian Morgan, the guy from New Zealand, and he did like 50K mm -hmm. for his 50th. And the guy is ripped. I mean, literally, like, 
<laughs> most 20 year olds that look as good as this guy to this it's just uh, incredible what he's done with himself so um if i could be like ian once i'm 50 i'd be very happy i know what's his secret hey <laughs> i saw that it was ridiculous wasn't it he yeah. is insane i think he said he's changed from doing like i think it was like 13 miles a week to now 200k a week and i was like yeah. what on earth that's phenomenal as a 50 year old as well yeah, he's a top guy. So, uh, and uh, yeah, he just sort of shows what you can do. I mean, he didn't start off as running. So, you know, he came into it later in his life and he's just been really disciplined and, and uh, you know, you know, gone a different sort of level uh, route, really. But yeah, for me, I mean, I joke about being like Ian, but ultimately you've got to be like yourself, really. Um, I'm not quite sure where it's going to lead to. I mean, at this stage, I want to go for speed and, and times and things like that, but running will change and we just have to kind of adapt to to what, whatever that happens, you know, in, in your later life, so. And are the kids going to be runners? Are you going to take them down to the local park run when they're old enough? I think, uh, ultimately, I think with kids already, as a, as a parent, like, the biggest lesson I've learned is that it's not about trying to make them mini versions of you. Your job is to help them be the best versions of themselves. And if my kids uh, see me running and they want to try it out, then fair enough. But I will never be like, you know, you got to do this and you got to do that because that's the, the the biggest way to like turn kids off to anything. Mm. You know, you got to keep it fun when they're young. Um, otherwise, they lose interest. If you make it too serious too early on, then they they won't they, they won't do it. So, um, and who listens to their parents and they're, when they're young anyway? So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very true, and I think just um your kids being able to watch you doing what you're doing in the running community and with marathons and chasing down those times, I think is inspiring. I'm sure as they grow up, and I'm sure that they will appreciate all that you've done within running. Oh, I just hope that they uh, will, well, well, more than running, really. I just want to be uh, a best dad as possible to them and to be present, fully present in their lives. And I think that's the most important uh, thing that I can I could do beyond running. Absolutely. And final question. You keep mentioning it. You're going for times. Can you uh, give us a little insight into what those times may be, what you're actually going for? Um, to be honest, though, I did a, a podcast with my uh, my coach and he put me in blast. He just basically told everyone my goal. <laughs> I was a bit like, I didn't get that memo. <laughs> we running that quickly. He's like, yeah, you could be, you know, running sub 250 and then we can get you to 245. I was like, <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks for briefing me before we, this conversation's gone out. No, I mean, I, I joke, but uh, no, uh, probably around that sort of time, uh, around the 250s sort of uh, mark. Very exciting. I know. Whenever these marathons come back, looking forward to seeing you break that sub three and myself, I might add. Hopefully, we'll be racing similar race and uh, pushing each other on. Um, marathon Marcus, Marcus Brown, thank you so much. Thank you. And no selfies, Rachel, either. No, uh, maybe one, maybe one. Just document. If, it, if there's no picture, did it really happen? No, <laughs> selfies are banned when you two attempt your sub three. <laughs> Thank you so much, Marcus. It's been a pleasure having you on. And if anyone wants to follow you, you are at The Marathon Marcus. Yes, and also my podcast, uh, A Runner's Life as well. Definitely, highly recommend that. Thank you, Marcus. It's been great talking to you both. Thank you for having me on the show. Marcus Brown, the absolute legend. You can find him on Instagram, like we mentioned. And obviously, he has his podcast, A Runner's Life. I met him about six years ago. And 
It's so great to see just how far he has come in just a few years from 4.55 to three hours flat for a marathon. You know, he can really prove people wrong. And, you know, he says that he's a proper runner now. I think he very much is. I don't know why he ever questioned himself anyway. Anyone that runs in our mindset is a runner for sure. Definitely. And I think it was really interesting what he was saying about his coach telling him to remain patient. I think that's key on any running journey. Um, But I definitely think Marcus can break that three hours. I mean, he ran three hours and 19 seconds in New York, which is a super hilly course. He's run PBs during lockdown. He definitely has it in him. And I'm so excited for racing to come back and watch him smash even more of his PBs. But that is all that we have time for this week on the Keep Running podcast. If you want to follow Marcus, he is, of course, the Marathon Marcus on Instagram. If you want to follow me, I'm at Amana underscore Rye. And I'm at Rachel double underscore Stringer. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Keep running. <laughs>